they're not the one that you should be sitting your efforts towards and putting effort in to try to bring down. When you recognize who the enemy is, that's who you'll begin to fight. So we've learned that we are in a fight. We learned that the fight is not against flesh and blood. There's a fight that's going on against principalities, against spiritual wickedness, the things that are going on that we can't even see. And we also learn this, that we're in this fight and God will never leave us in that fight by ourselves. He would not put you in a fight without giving you the weapons or at least making them available for you to use to come against the enemy that's coming against you. It just, he, he's, he's just good like that. And so last week I introduced you to my little friend last week and we began to talk about, I got to bring him out, man. This dude's awesome. He's just cool. And we, we began to talk about the spiritual armor, the armor of God that he's made available to each person in this room that God's given to us. And, and we began to look at these things. And, and last week, I don't know who it was, but I, there was somebody on the stage who was, I don't know, the word kept, kept being used, Ninja. You had to be here to see it. So if, if you know, just maybe you can go online and download the messages, and maybe you can get a, bit, a little bit part of what uh, what took place last week. But uh, the quote of the week I twittered it was was one of our young guys went to his daddy, and he saw the weapons, everything that I had on stage last week, and he must have heard some people talking, and he said, "I didn't know Pastor Terry was a ninja." Oh, yeah, quote of the day last week. He, he made that. Mr. Luke was the quote of the day last week. So, you know, there's a lot of things you don't know about me. I don't reveal all that there is to me. I don't, I don't show you everything. But in us, there is a warrior. It's somewhere in there. In each of us and available to us are weapons. There are things that God's placed at our access, but we have to use them. Last week I began to talk about it and we begin to unfold and we're going to begin to unpack the armor of God. So do this with me. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Sounds good to hear pages rattling. You got your Bible this morning? You good? You got your sword? Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 14. I'm going to read these quick so we can get into this stuff, but let's, just, let's, let's go there quick. It says this. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of... Whose might? His might. Put on the whole armor. That's, that's important. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of all that we're dealing, for, dealing with, because of everything that's coming against us, therefore do this. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Today I want to talk to you about the first piece of the armor that we should be wearing. I want to talk to you about this first piece of armor, and I'm going to probably, well, I've never heard it, and I listen to a lot of messages, a lot of teachings, and a lot of word. I've never heard it taught in this way, but this is just some things that God's been dealing with me on about what this first piece of armor is used for. And again, I believe Revelation is progressive. I think there's some things he may give now, and there's may, uh, may some things that he'll speak to you. You may get it in a different way, and that's okay. But I believe God's been speaking some things to me clearly today, and I want to talk to you for just a few moments about the first piece of armor that we as God's people 
should be wearing. Verse 14 says this. It says, Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. The belt of truth. Now, I love my little buddy right here. He, he's cool. He's, he, he's awesome. I, hey, how you doing? I, he, I, I love this guy. He, he's, he, he's cool. But just to be honest with you, even as cool as he is, and I like him, I like having him hanging out here with me just for the cool factor. It goes up a little bit with him on the stage. But besides all that, that's not really representative of what we're talking about today in the Bible. This came later on down the road. Some of my history people, when this happened, somebody, Pastor Ralph, you know that? When this, I thought you knew, man. You're a professor, teacher, and all this kind of stuff. All right. But just somewhere down the road, this happened. You know, maybe some of my school teachers can help us out. But, uh, you know, but there's a piece of armor that's going on that you can't even see in this picture. And I know he's wearing one. It's very important because if you don't wear this, your pants will fall down. <laughs> and if you don't wear that and your pants are down, it's not very easy to fight. It's a little bit difficult in the situation with your pants down. So, you know, so he's wearing this, but it doesn't show this. So as I look back and begin to study, this is actually, the, in the Roman time, in the, in the time that we're talking about, the belt of truth was a little bit different. Tim, I want you to pull up this video, that, this picture <clears throat> of, of what more the Bible is talking about when it's discussing, talking about the belt of truth. Now again, it's a little bit different. This is more what you see in your Christmas plays or Easter presentations. And you see the guys running around like that, which is more of what the Bible's talking about. The, the belt of truth is this first piece here. It's the belt that's, that's around the waist. And it also has this. It has leather straps that come down across the front of it. And on each one of those leather straps, there are brass pieces of metal. And there are things that are there to protect anything that's coming against that area. <clears throat> All right. So I told you, I mean, I, I got I to gotta preach it the way he gave it to me. But as I begin to look at this today, I, and as I begin to study what the belt of truth was, and, and when I got away from what Sir Arthur the Knight was doing and realized that there's a whole lot more going on as I studied this, God began to talk to me about the belt of truth. The belt of truth was the very first piece of armor that they put on. And it was designed this way for a reason. It's protecting some of the most vital organs in that warrior's life. All the fellas should say amen. Don't let a woman out amen you right there. Don't let a woman out amen you. Come on, fellas. I mean, that is, that is a very vital part. And again, I'm going to get into this stuff, and it's heavy today, but stay with me. And I hope we're, you know, kids are in kids' church, and those who aren't are in here. Amen. amen. So we should be able to handle this. But we're going to get into some stuff. So this, this weapon, or this piece of armor that is placed in, in this area, placed around the waist, has a leather strapping has the brass plates on it, and it's not just for decorations, but it is for protection. It's a very vital piece of the armor. They put it on first because it does this. It brings all, everything else that you put on and holds it in place. There's a lot that goes on with this armor. There's a lot that goes on with this, this, this belt of truth. It, it, it is placed there, and they wear it because it's bringing some protection to some areas that need to be protected. Because here's something that I noticed, and again, I, as I begin to get into this word and study it out, God began to show me just how vital this is. And I believe today, again, if I've ever stood on this stage and preached a word from God, I believe it's today. And I believe I'm going to speak directly to everyone in this room, but I believe I've got a right now a word for the men in this house. 
Wasn't planning on going this direction when God gave me this series, but he began to take me there. And as I began to study and look back, some of the greatest fighters that was ever recorded in the Bible, two of them come to mind for me when I began to look back. I believe they've been, no more has been more recorded individually as fighters, as warriors, as these two guys. I believe as a tribe and as a nation, you'll see other things recorded, more fights. But for individuals, I don't believe I've ever studied that. Maybe you, could, you can help me on that if, there, if that's the case. But two guys come to mind. And the first one is David. And the second one is Samson. Two warriors of God. I mean, these guys were, I mean, they, they were warriors. When you think about what a warrior is, and again, not just a physical specimen, but what they accomplished and what they did. I mean, they, the Bible describes David as a little ruddy young guy on a, on a mountainside, but he was a warrior. It talks about and it lists the fact that he took, the, the I mean, just lions and bears and, and wore them out. He is the guy that we've talked about even in this series who stepped up and came face to face with Goliath, a nine foot, nine inch giant, well, you know, who, who he stepped up face to face and said, I'm not coming against you in my strength, but in the name of the Lord. That's the warrior that I'm talking about. And this guy named David, who was a warrior, who understood, I believe more than anyone else, what the, war, the armor should represent and the fact that he should be wearing it, failed in an area of his life. Go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 11. Old school. Second Samuel. Okay, if we use a lot of word today, you don't mind that, do you? Y'all word people. Second Samuel chapter eleven. When you guys say amen. David understood some stuff about war, but Let's take a look at what was going on with David. Chapter 11, 2 Samuel, verse 1, says this. It said, It happened that in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Reba. But David remained at Jerusalem. Now, again, I just got to give it away. God gave it to me. But this is the warrior who, who again, fought lions and bears. And, and, and this is the one who, who, who defeated Goliath with one sling, one stone. He understood what it was about. And he knew how important war was. But at the time of the year when he should have been fighting... He should have been warring. He should have been in a place and, 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 and himself been out in the battlefield. This was the day, it says, that when the kings, which is what he was, this is when the kings go out to battle. But instead of doing war himself, he sent other people out and he hung out behind in the city. Like, what's the big deal? He's a king. He shouldn't have to do that. No, you've got to understand when you're called to fight and when you're a warrior, that's what you have to do. And when you send somebody else to try to fight a fight for you, things happen to you. That's what's wrong. Somebody else wants somebody else to praise for you. Nobody else can praise for you but you. Uh, you're not hearing me. Nobody else can worship for you but you. When God's wanting to do something in your life, you can't rely on angel and the praise team or anybody else to take you there. You've got to go there yourself. You're the only one that can go to that place. 
It's, you're the only one that can do it. And there are some people in this room today that God's placed a warrior spirit inside of you and you wanting someone else. Oh, I wish the pastor would war for me. I'm warring for you, but there's some things you've got to do yourself. You can't send me on the front line to fight your fight that you should be fighting because what it'll find you doing is being back in a place that you should never be. And watch what happens. This blows my mind. This is why the belt of truth is so important. And guys, you've got to hear this today. It's the first place that you're going to get attacked. David hung out and he was left behind. It says this in verse 2. I mean, just immediately. Then it happened. And I want you to understand, then it happened, it didn't happen until he wasn't where he was supposed to be. It, then it happened, didn't just happen. Even though then it happened. That was deep right there, wasn't it? I was anointing of God said that. No, but listen, it didn't happen until the first verse of that took place. He should have been warring and should have been battling, but then it happened. One evening, the David arose from his bed and walked out on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. What's the big deal? That wasn't his woman. That wasn't his woman. And he went where he was supposed to be. And when you know how war and where you're supposed to be and you're looking at somebody else's woman, let's just take a look at what happens. It said, so David sent and inquired about the woman. Guys, you ain't got to say man today, but hear me. David sent and just inquired. Just, I'm just, just curious. I'm just, she looks pretty good from a distance. I'd like to see her a little bit closer. Can you inquire her and bring her up here just a little bit closer? And someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? That should have been a red flag raised. That should have caused us, that should have stopped it, but it didn't. Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Told you it's going to get a little heavy. For she was cleansed from her impurities, and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am with child. Then David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. Now listen. It's just a simple little belt. Why is it so important? Why is it so important that we put that on first, guys? Because this is how it works. That's going to be the first place you're going to be attacked. It's, it's going to be the first place that the enemy is going to come at you. It's just a fact. Some, some great men of God that we see who have been on television, have been on stages, and stood before thousands. Should have been wearing this armor. There's, there's some people in prominent positions and in great places of authority who should have been wearing that piece of armor. Well, it's just a simple belt. It's just nothing to... Why put that on? Because that is put, bringing some protection and putting you into a place that you should be instead of putting you in a place that you shouldn't be. And anytime you get into a place and you're not fighting the fight God's called you to fight, things begin to happen and stuff begins to take place where ladies are like saying, well, that's good, Pastor. Tell them. 
uh, ladies, you're not immune either. It may be a little different for ladies, and, and I try to understand all, and Lord, I'm still praying, God, give me wisdom how to understand ladies, but <laughs> hey, I'm just going to, there you go, it's the first time some of you really got with me on that, but, and, and, and it will be a miracle from God when I truly get, get true revelation on that subject, but listen to me, you may see things a little bit different, but, but listen, it's still the same. The enemy will attack you in that area, and, it, and, it, and it, will, it will happen. And we look at it, and we look at things, and we say, well, it's no big deal. I'm just reading this romance novel, and it's no big deal. I'm just watching, and again, I, don't get mad at me. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm the messenger, and it's just, I'm telling you, I know, I'm, I know when I'm, I'm, I'm speaking his word and help when what he tells me to say, but it's no big deal. It's just a television program, and it really doesn't matter. But what happens is the enemy will use anything and he'll try to get you to a place. And for women, it, it is a little bit different. He will try to take you to a place of fantasy. And, and, and the guys will try to make it a reality and do the things and act out a lot quicker. But women, he will do this. He'll attack you and he'll try to put you into a place of fantasy. And what happens is when you're reading that book or you're reading that thing that's not godly and, and you're reading about him, him unbuttoning the shirt and the muscles begin to ripple and then you get in bed and your husband unbuttons his shirt and things are rippling and rolling but not... The right way. You, dear Lord, help me. But, I mean, it builds a wall. That's truth. It builds a wall. And the enemy loves what it will do and what it will cause to your relationship. Not knocking nothing. But there's movies that are going on. There's things that are packing out and nothing against them. That's, if you want, that's your choice. But, you know, it's a fantasy world and there's no vampire going to swing down from a tree, pick you up, throw you on his back and carry you off to glory. It's not going to happen. I'm just... Not just, just so you don't know what I'm talking about, but just, I'm too, just stay with me. It, it's just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But what it will do is it'll, it'll, it, the enemy will use it to bring you down and you'll never even see it. It's a trick. And he'll use it. And, 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 he, and he'll say things like this to the guys and to the girls. Well, it's really not that big a deal. You can go to that website and what's it really going to hurt? Thank you. What, really, what... Is it really going to matter if you camp out on that channel? What's it really matter? How about this one? Have you heard this? I have. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Who, who's going to know? What's it going to hurt? Guys, hear me. I love King James Version of that, that, this verse. It says, Stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth. Listen to me. The loins is, is a place, and it's the reason they protected it. And it just, because in the loins is where the seed resides. In the Lord is in the loins is where the semen was, and it's where it's where it's produced, and it's where the seed, and it's where the next generation will come from. So when the attack comes, 
in that area, listen to me, it's not just affecting you. The enemy knows what he's doing. He is, he is a sly. He is, he, is, he is trying to be lying. Only God is lying. He is trying. But he understands that in you, in the seed, is the next generation. And he does this. He says, it's no big deal. What's it going to hurt? But there's people in this room, but you have to understand this. You're dealing with your daddy's devil today that he never took care of and he never took the head off of that giant. And some of you are carrying it today. Some of you young men need to hear this. And some of us older ones need to hear this. If we don't deal with it as men, this is what happens. The seed that's within us will be reproduced and we'll pass it on to the next. Let me tell you something. It gets worse, it don't get better. So the enemy knows what he's doing. He understands this. He understands what he's throwing at you. He understands what he's doing. And and it's not just, well, I'm just going to throw something in that direction. It's a calculated attack. And our, and our young men and our young women, they're, they're bombarded. They're bombarded. Us as adults, we're bombarded. But they hear this junk at school. They see this mess on TV. And if we as God's people don't come together and deal with the giants, deal with the enemy, put on the belt of truth and be honest and be real and be truthful and deal, understand that if we don't guard this area of our life, guys, it's not just affecting you. The generations that come at you will suffer. My son came up to me the other day and he said, Daddy, he said, I'm just sick of this stuff that I hear at school. I'm sick of it. And I said, I know, son, it doesn't get any better. Most job places you go to, it's the same thing. Really, until I got in ministry, I always heard that. And thank God, most people on our staff are supposed to be saved. <laughs> so what I hope so. Most of our leaders should die. I'm hanging out with you. You're supposed to know Jesus. I don't have to hear that. But there is a calculated attack by the enemy. Now listen to me. You think it's no big deal. And we can look at whatever and do whatever. And it's just a glance. David just happened to look over and see Bathsheba. Nothing wrong with when you first see something. That's, that's one thing we got to understand. I've, I've taught this as a youth pastor and even as an adult. When you see stuff, you got to learn to bounce and get your eyes off and, and take it on. But he saw it and then he looked and then he took another step and then he inquired. I'm just inquiring. Just kind of curious to see what this really is. Just kind of curious to see what is on this side and what, what really is involved here. Just inquiring. But before you know it, what he did and what he just glanced at set him on a journey to adultery Murder, high treason, and if he didn't make things right and make a change, to hell. It's a reality, it's a fact. And we as God's people have to understand how important this first piece of armor that God's given us really is. It's the word truth. It's the word aletheia in in the Greek, and it's, it's pertaining to anything of Godly duties and truth, and, and, and it's more than just, well, that's a true statement. No, there's more to it. It, it goes so much deeper. It, it goes into a place of man and his morals. You can study it out in, in the Strong's Dictionary. It's talking about our morals as men and the things that we should be doing. Listen to me. If we're going to come to church, say we are the church, we need to be the church, not just when we're at church. 
We need to live godly lives. And listen to me. Every one of us have to deal with this. There's no one in this room that this thing doesn't get sent in their direction. And he said this, that you have to stand. You have to battle it. You have to stand above everything else, above everything else that's going on, guys and ladies, all of us together. You have to stand and you have to prepare yourself for this battle. And when you understand the truth, well, you understand the reality of what truth really is and how important this belt is and what you're wearing. It's not your strength. It's what He does for you. It's the truth that He gives. And you have to understand that He is the only way. He's the only truth. He is the only light. It's nothing that we can do on our own. But when the attack comes, the things come against you, you stand in that truth. You put on that belt. And when the attack comes and when the thing tries to come into your mind and try to take you in that direction, you say, no, I'm standing as a warrior for God. As a warrior for my family, as a warrior for the next generation, and I refuse. You can go on to, I refuse. I understand this, that I have some things that God's given me, and I don't have to continue this way. I can understand this. I can live my life pure. I can live a life for God, and God can bless me for this. And that no weapon formed against me will prosper as long as I put on and trust the God who loves me more than anything. It's, on, it's, it's, it's His Word. And today we've got to deal with it. Jesus said this. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And I do like this little dude up here for this reason. You can't see it. But it's probably one of the most important things he has on right now. It's not got nothing about God's words accident. Everything in it is calculated. He knew uh, under the divine direction of the Holy Spirit, God spoke these words. I don't think it's an accident. The very first thing that he said for us to put on is the belt of truth. Stand with me if you would, please. Pastor, you should be preaching about Jubilee and we're getting ready to get delivered and leaving Egypt and getting ready to go to, go to Cana and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I am. That's what this is. God's going to take us to the next, next level, next place. But some of us are in bondage where we're at. And you can never go to the place of freedom and walk in and experience Cana as long as you're still in the bondage to the old land. It, it, it just doesn't work that way. And today, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. Just bow your eyes and close your eyes for a moment. I know this has been a little different. And you've probably never heard, I haven't, the belt of truth preached this way. But today, I believe this. It's crucial. It's vital. This first piece of armor that God's given you. It's so important to us today as believers. And I said it as men, but it is to all of us. And we all have to deal with that in different levels, in different places. And But I, I want to do this today. There's some folks in this room who, there has been some things passed down to you. 
Some things you had no control over and you wonder now why you're in this place and why you're in this situation and where you're at because that thing wasn't dealt with on the first level. But listen to me, today that thing can die. I believe that. I believe it. There's some in this room today and we've got to be real with this. We've got to be truthful. This is about the truth. We've got to be honest today. Hear me, please. of you are getting nailed with this thing you're getting hit with this attack you're getting bombarded it's coming at you from all directions and, and, and you're in a place and you're saying man how did I get here listen to me all the stuff that David did all the stuff that he went through all the mistakes he's made and we've all made mistakes Bible calls him and he's the only one that he calls a man after God's own heart but he dealt with it he had to and we got to deal with ours And I feel a strong desire and I, and today. I want to pray with men, first of all. I want us as men, as warriors, I want to pray with, pray with you today. We have young men in our, our room today who have come up now to the adult service, left kids' church, and they're going to come in and they're dealing with stuff now in middle school and high school and college. They weren't facing an elementary school. I want us to pray over them today. There's people in here who's, who's had things passed down. Today, today, I believe some Goliaths are going to fall. God's going to give some strength. But listen, you've got to know how to fight it. You have to get up and you have to stand and you have to put the armor on. And when the attack comes, you have to make the decision. Okay, I see this, but I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to take that next step in that direction. I refuse to go there. I stand in truth today. I stand in it knowing that greater is He lives in me. So just heads bowed, eyes closed. This is just, just this is you and God for a moment. I've got my eyes closed. I ain't concerned about this right now. I want you to, I want you to deal with this. If you're in this room and these attacks are coming in and you recognize it and you see it, but you know the greater one lives in you. He's there. You have access today. And God wants to give you some strength. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And if you say, the enemy's hitting me in this direction. And again, we, we've all struggled with this at some point. The enemy's hit all of us. But you say, Pastor, this is, I know God's speaking to me today. Slide your hand up real quick. Just slide it up. Slide it up. I don't know how many went up. I don't know if one or a hundred. I don't know. But I want to do this today. I want men, first of all. Some of you men have been coming to this church, and I don't ever try to put anybody in a weird position and make them feel, feel, feel weird. But today, I want us as men to come together and pray in this altar, first of all, and lead the fight for this, for our church, for our families, for the next generation. If you're a man in this house, and you know what, I want to ask you to step out and come and stand in this altar with me. If you're a young man, I want you to come with them. I want you to come and stand in this altar. I want us to pray together. Hallelujah. Come on down, guys. Do this for me. Make, make just a little row in the front. I want, to, I want to get the young guys in the front line right here. Just come on down. Make room for these guys first. Come on down, fellas. 
God, raise up godly seed, Lord. Let us as men, Lord, make the decisions today, God. Guys, come on up. Come on up. Just stand up here. Come on up. Come on in. Now do this. I want you to come in. I want you to surround this front line right here, first of all. Guys, come on in. Squeeze in. It's going to have to get a little tight, but let's try to make it happen for just a minute. I want you to do it this way. Just, just lay your hands on the shoulders of the person in front of you. None of us are too cool to do that. If you're on the front line, that's okay. I mean, somebody's just lifting you up right now. So much prayer for you. I just want to be real, real open for just a second. Some of you ladies don't understand what they're going through, and we don't understand what you go through. I'm not trying to say that we do. But these guys up here today dealing with things. But I believe this, <laughs> that no weapon formed against these men of God will prosper. Ladies, if you don't mind doing this now, I'm going to ask you to join them, and I'm going to ask you to come out. And it just, just, it's probably going to have to be the aisles. But I want you to come out, and I want you to just, just stand, and I want you to pray for this, these men. Some of you, these men are here because you've prayed for them, and we understand that. I'm here because I've had women of God pray for me. And without that, I don't know where I would be. I want you to pray today. And I, I want you to pray for these guys. You can understand all they're going for, going through, but you can have faith and belief for them that God can touch them and minister to them and give them the strength. I know it's different, but let's just go with the direction of the Lord. Thank you. Just come on down. Hallelujah. When David sent out the warriors and he sent out the guys, the ladies wasn't just hanging out, just keeping the house clean. They were praying. You don't understand how valuable what you are. You're not, you're not being second rate by putting you behind these guys. You understand you, how powerful what you're doing is. And I want you to pray over these guys. Faith in you is going to be a strong church because we're going to have strong men who know how to treat strong women, who know how to bless them. Now, some of you, you're standing here today. Now, some of you are dealing with the daddy's devil, and, and today you need to you need to attack that and face that. Some of you are standing here, guys, and and and, and it's trying to start in your your generation. You may have godly parents or whatever, but this thing's trying to start. Listen, no matter what the battle is, why it started, where it's at today, you have to understand that you have to wage war. That you have to be a man of God and put on the belt of truth. And when that thing's placed before you and the temptation is there, you have you don't take the next step and inquire of it and keep moving that direction. You make a godly decision to say this. I'm putting this on. I'm protecting this vital part of my life, this vital organ. And, and, and I'm making a stand. Above all else, I'm standing.
I'm standing. Men, if you're praying for one of our young men, men, if you're praying for one of our young men right now, they're dealing with stuff at that age that didn't hit you later in life. Listen to me. You're placing your hands on this generation that needs you to be a godly example to them. They need you to, to be warring in this area and not falling every time you turn around. Standing in the gap for them. If you're praying for them right now, I want you to begin to break right now. Break off in the spirit. Anything. Again, it's not, it's not a flesh and blood thing. This is a spiritual thing. We know that now. We see it. I want you to come against the enemy. And I, I want you to come against the attacks that are laid before them. In the name of Jesus, we counsel the attacks right now. They're coming against this generation. We break every generational curse. We, we break right now every stronghold, God. You said the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. God, we break them off today. We pull them down right now. We come against right now the attacks that are coming against this generation. Today we speak life into them. We speak hope, Lord. We declare that today by faith. And God, we trust you right now. We believe you for what you're doing. Amen. So we need to do this. This is you and God. This is you and Him. Some of you need to repent today. Some of you need to repent. It's not a reason to get quiet. It's just that's something you can you and God can do right now. I want each of these men, each of us, to, to right now repent and, and, and to make a decision to go the other direction. Some of you are living in things and doing things. And today God's speaking to your heart, and you're gonna do some things different as a result. And this is what's cool. We talked about the love of God for about five weeks. He loves you today. And no matter what you've done, what you've dealt with, or what you're standing here with right now, it cannot change. And it cannot cancel His love. But it will. It will hinder you from walking into what God has when you don't just turn that thing over to Him. Some of, us, some, some of the men right now just repent and say, God, I'm sorry. I repent today. I make different decisions. I make different decisions today. When that thing's placed before me, I'm not going to inquire of that anymore. I'm, I'm going to make a decision to consciously to stand. I'm going to make a conscious decision to put on. To put on the whole armor of God. I'm going to put the belt of truth on. I understand today how important this area is and what's going on. And today, God, we repent. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just let ministry happen in this room for just a moment. Just let ministry take place in this room for just a moment. God, just have your way right now. Holy Spirit, just, just right now begin to do your work, God. As we, as we put on the armor, we're not fighting alone, God. We win. I thank you there's going to be some men who have been struggling and been embattling this thing, even this week, that they're going to do some things different. They're going to do some, they're making some changes. This is the day some things change. This is the day they stand different. They put on the armor. They do things different. God, do your work in us today. Now, men, I want you to pray for the ladies of this church. 
I want you to pray for the ladies of this church. You ain't got to turn around and lay your hands on that kind of stuff. But where you're at right now, I want you to war. Pastor, this is stretching me. This is taking me somewhere. I haven't been. I haven't done it. That's good. You need to go there. This is what we should be doing as men. You're up here in the front because this is what you are. You're the front line. You should be fighting this war. You should be fighting this battle for the ladies and for the women and for your families. Now, right now, as men, as men, Gary, you got something to sing? As he just sings a little bit of this, I just want us as men for just a moment to pray for the ladies of this church and, 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 and pray protection over them. I, I want you to pray life into them. Father, right now, we declare it today. Just take a moment as he sings just to pray over the ladies of this church for a moment. Amen. Any people of faith in this place this morning? Come on, any people of faith in this place this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And if you are a person of faith, you've probably faced being tested. You do know that's part of the, part of the process. It kind of goes with that. When you, when you have faith, it's, it, it will be tested and tried. And so maybe that's where you're at this morning, and that's, that's what's happening for you. But uh, if that is the case, we're going we're gonna to see some faith come to you today. Bible, the Word of God tells us that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. So as this Word goes forth, faith's going to grow and explode in you. And uh, I believe that's going to be the case. Somebody asked me yesterday. I was talking to them. They were going through a situation. They said, well, how do I have faith that this thing's going to work out for me? And I said, well, you have to be in the Word, and the Word has to be coming to you. And as the faith comes in, faith through the Word grows. And so I, I just, I, I believe that today as, as we speak about and talk about some stuff this morning, God's going to do something for you in a big, big way. Amen. Amen. Well, let's do this. Take your Bible, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And as you do turn there, once again, thank you all first time guests. We love you. Appreciate you, Pam. Good to see you, Miss Mara. Good to have you folks. And just glad y'all come and worship with us. And uh, I want to make sure I get to greet all you new folks before you leave today. But uh, it's Thanksgiving week too. Amen. Is that not cool? Is that I mean, I love me some Thanksgiving. And uh, somebody said earlier they love it. Foods involved. That's just an extra blessing, an extra benefit. But I, I just I, I love because we do for for once slow down for a little bit and take a moment and and thank God for what He's done. And He has done an awful lot for me. Amen. I hope He's I hope you realize what He's done for you, and it is a whole lot. Amen. All right, good. Just make sure you're listening. Second Corinthians chapter 10. We've been hanging out here for a few weeks, and uh, we're going to go there again today. Uh, says verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So glad my war is not a flesh war. I'm so glad that, 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 that there's, there's more going on. And I'm really glad about this part, and this is where we're going to hang out. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Dude, that is awesome. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. It don't stop there. Casting down arguments 
every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. But yes, let's pray together. Father, thank you, Lord, today for your word. Thank you for what you're doing, God. We just thank you as we continue this series today, God, on the true ultimate fighter. God, the warrior that's in each of us. God, I pray that it will rise up. I pray not, not one in this room will just sit back and settle for anything less than what you have for them, God. But they will somehow, God, find the strength. Lord, today, God, let our eyes begin to see what you've given us, what you've placed at our disposal, what we can put our hand on and use. And, God, that's weapons that are not of this world. And, God, we thank you today, God, for each person that's here. Thank you for once again, Lord, for this word. Let it speak clearly to our hearts today, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. We, uh, we've, we've been talking about being a true ultimate fighter. Now i got to ask the question. Are there any warriors in this house? <laughs> Are there any warriors in this house? <laughs> amen. That's good. Are there any warrior princesses in the house? Oh, that's good. See, they always sound better than you guys.